I'm Laura Vinroot Poole. For over 20 years, I've owned Capital, an internationally recognized specialty store in Charlotte, North Carolina. On this podcast, we unlock the stories of people's lives through the stories of what they wore. These aren't conversations about fashion. These are conversations about people. Everybody wants to know her After my conversation with Hamlin, he wanted to turn the tables and ask me questions for once. From boarding school to college and into our adult lives, Hamlin is the keeper and co-conspirator of some of my favorite memories. I had such fun sharing stories with someone who's seen me through some of my best and worst fashion journeys. So thanks for letting me guest host your (laughs) podcast, What We Wore. Um, This is a little daunting. Which part is daunting? Talking to me? No, that's 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 pretty easy. <laughs> but the fact that I'm I'm turning the tables on the interviewer becoming the interviewee—it's um, daunting to me. But we've done it before. I've yes, interviewed we have. before. Yes, um, and we've uh, talked before once or twice. <laughs> once or twice. So, Laura. Yes. What is your first demonstrable fashion memory? Not you know. Mama put me in these <laughs> clothes, and they're pictures oh, of me. Well, no, Mama didn't put me in any clothes actually ever. That's when that is probably one of my first fashion memories. Is I've I've always been very opinionated about what I wanted to wear, what I wanted to feel like and look like. Starting at the age of two, three, I think forever. I mean, I do remember wanting to wear tennis shoes with my long dress. I wanted to wear a long dress to Sunday school and tennis shoes with it. And my mom was like, great, whatever. (laughs) But my first fashion memory probably like really kindergarten is pretty specific to me. I brought my sister to school, my baby sister to school for show and tell. Love that. I had the most beautiful, it was leather lederhosen with a red patch heart across the chest and it was tan later hosen. I have Are you wearing boys' clothes? No, it wasn't late. It was it was a skirt. It was a, a later hosen skirt. skirt. Okay. Yeah, it was like okay. I mean it was yeah, it was a like an apron dress, but not but like a mini anyway. It, <laughs> I, I was so excited for it and, and so excited to show off my baby sister at show and tell. But I, the other thing is that every birthday my grandmother would take me to buy a dress for my birthday to wear to the party. And we wore long, this is the seventies, you know, I'm born in 72. We wore long dresses. So every girl wore dresses (laughs) to birthday parties. Yes. And they were called long dresses. And my birthday is on St. Patrick's day. As you know, my (laughs) month after mine, (laughs) now they can all steal our identity. (laughs) Oh yeah. Great. And, um, well, it's a terrible birthday to have because everybody remembers it because it's not a real holiday. But so you wake up that day and you're like, Oh, it's St. Patrick's day. That's a, you know, like that's nothing to do today. And then they're like, Oh, and also it's Laura's birthday. So everybody wishes me happy birthday, which is lovely, but I don't remember anyone's. Kelly thinks it's kind of a, you know, big day. (laughs) Exactly. So does Katie O'Brien, my sister, (laughs) but it's a bad one because everybody remembers your birthday, but you don't remember anybody else's. So. Well, you've remembered mine over the years, so thanks for well, you know com- rising that's to that challenge. Called iCal <laughs> reminder. <laughs> so, in, so the later hosen, yeah, that's step one. Leather later hosen with a patch heart across the chest. And the, do you remember what 
the shoes for you wore to Sunday school with what type of tennis shoes? I think were? they were like red keds. Not you know, I don't know if they were called keds back then, but they were red tennis shoes. Uh, they were red keds. They were, were they keds? Yeah. They weren't like pointy like the '80s keds. They were sort of more rounded toe. But if they had the blue keds thing on the back, yeah, you know, sure. And then if they were, you know, something really cool like tree torns with pom pom uh, socks. I was a big tree torn person yeah with the pom-pom socks of course obviously i had navy tree torns sure you do you remember how big the bicentennial was the bicentennial we were four years old but it was Uh, indelible memory it was you know and and i had it was all year long it was all year long i had so many red white and blue things and i had red white and blue dr shoals like one side was red, one was white. The the clasp was blue, something like Were that. Were those the uh, whoop, the sand the across the foot sandals? Doctor Scholes, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Doctor Scholes. Yeah, the, the my bi- faves. No one, I mean, I tell people about the bicentennial, they don't believe you. you were four years old. How do you remember that? <laughs> no, like, it, was it was huge. huge. Yeah, it was yeah. all the rage. <laughs> the bicentennial was all the rage. And then July fourth that year was like mind blowing. Oh, come on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was stuff on television all the time. I mean, all right, let's think about that. Let yes. me ask you a question or two about that. So 1970s style, do you think that still affects you to this day? I know it does. I mean, How so? I mean, every single day. I'm obsessed with clogs. All my babysitters <laughs> wore clogs. I'm obsessed with old Levi's cords. Still I'm have still those. obsessed with those myself. Love. Mm-hmm. I loved my high school boyfriend's ivory painter's pants. I'm always trying to reconstruct that. I exercise in Grateful Dead tees. Uh, I'm obsessed with tie-dye. Obsessed. Are there any any <laughs> sort of feathery things or shearling things or anything a little flowy looking Stevie Nicks style? Oh, my yeah. God. Obsessed with that. Yeah. No, that's yeah. – but that's my – like, I think every day I lo- it's an opportunity to sort of put on these – all of these parts of your personality together and mix them up and be whoever you want to be. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you're not going to sleep in – full Gucci attire or Valentino <laughs> underwear or full, you know, bejeweled goodness on your ears. No, I mean, you know, but do you know what I do sleep in? I sleep in, there's an old Italian department store in Florence and I wear men's sleeping shirts from them. I wear that every night or I wear smocked nightgowns from another Italian store that I love in Florence. I studied in Florence in college, spent a semester there and um, fell in love with these places then and still sort of... I don't know. I, I'm a very nostalgic person. So, yeah. You just said a minute ago that your mother did not dress you, but do you think your mom, the way she dressed and what she wore or your grandmother wore, uh-huh. how yes. did that influence you? V- very much. I mean, I have a very beautiful mother. She was homecoming queen and she was a cheerleader. I mean, she was a sort of legendary beauty. And so I, my whole life, played in her clothes. She had, I played in all of her homecoming queen dresses. She had tiaras. I wore those. And this is sort of an everyday after school thing as a little person. I would, I mean, I I have pictures of me uh, in the backyard running around in strapless, bejeweled, uh, homecoming queen dresses while, while you're digging for worms or playing yes. on the swing set literally were, yes you know, my brother it. yeah my brother's blowing up army men in the background right right <laughs> i mean so you're in the backyard on the whatever y'all had play equipment yeah but playing in, with the dogs and the cats playing the, the dogs and the yeah. cats in the in the strapless evening gown yes as one does yeah <laughs> and um and my mom grew up in fort lauderdale so my mom also i think the colors of all of her gowns are so beautiful and and my mother's does it look father like all those gowns look like Something a Floridian would wear versus no, something no. Someone well, from ni- Charlotte? Well, a nineteen fifties Floridian, maybe, yeah. I mean they're very glamorous. Is and and a, she has and tons of uh, mink tippets and what's a tippet? It's a small shawl. Okay. With uh, usually has the head and the feet and you clip on the head to the 
to part of the shawl. Honest and truly, and me running around in the back barefoot in these gowns, and and not in a uptight way. Just and there was a, nothing sort of fay about it. It was just sort of like this is what I'm doing. It, it was, was just sort of yeah. It was me digging in the dirt in the gowns. I don't know. Like I just I loved kind of generous of your mother. Like, here's, here's, <laughs> well, my, here's my closet, darling. Well, Go knock yourself thing. out. No, she's not. She's not super into clothes. I think my grandmother was, and my grandfather. My grandfather bought all of her clothes. There's a place called Sophie Curson. In and, Fort Lauderdale, in Fort Lauderdale and that's also in Philadelphia, and my grandfather chose all of her clothes, <laughs> and so she. So it's not only that she's also got these beautiful shantung shift dresses with little crop jackets, and she she just had this incredible wardrobe from her youth. I just loved it and all the colors, all and the then fabrics. You, as you grew up, you actually helped dress your mother as <laughs> yeah. a young child with yeah. your dad. I mean, tell yeah. I, I know that story because you know, <laughs> thirty one years at this point, but um lots of people don't know that. Tell the story of what you would do with your father every Christmas time. Well yeah, I mean I, and there was this legendary store in Charlotte called Montaldos that was just everything. I mean it was the most beautiful store and there was one downtown Charlotte and it was, you know, a circular staircase and black and white marble floors and you know, they had attendants that when you came in would bring you a bottled Coke and, you know, it was just the most fantastic place. And so every Christmas, as a very little person, dad thinks it's from the time I was seven, but I think I was like four. <laughs> and I, we would pick out a church suit, which was like a, I mean, a church, full church suit, like a set. We would pick out a pinois set and then we would do either jewelry or a piece of art. So he would either jewelry at a, the jewelry store, you know, our local up the street jewelry store or a painting. I've always been an editor. I've always I've always been decisive. There was never any, you know, that the lady was, would bring dad five choices of, you know, pinois sets. And I would say, no, the, you know, the pale green one with the pink embroidery. Yeah, mom would never wear that. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. Well, like, and it was never like, mm, I don't know, maybe this or this. It was always like, no, it's this and it's this. And you knew. And dad would say, dad would just say, wrap it up. <laughs> and you, I mean, you, I Laura knew it. as a young child that this would work for your mom. Yeah. And I think that that really is funny because I think that's actually really what we do much more than fashion. I'm not super into fashion. I'm really into people. And I think that my job is so much more about helping people find their personalities through clothes. Clothes are really the first place where you're telling the world who you are and what you believe in and where you've been and all of the things. I mean, as shallow as it is, it's the truth. I mean, that's that is the first way that you communicate to the world. And so I've always thought that that was our job. It's about helping people to make sure that they're showing people what they want to be showing people, you know? Yeah, I do know because um, when you and I do what I like to jokingly, <laughs> euphemistically, not really call our drug deals for my wife. <laughs> right. Um, you say this all the time. This looks just like her. Mm -hmm. Or she would never wear that. Or yeah. that wouldn't be right for her. Or eh, maybe. <laughs> right. You know? And so it's, it's also you – with your mom, you certainly knew your audience. Yeah. You knew who you were shopping yeah. for or who your dad was shopping for. And right. I think that's continued. 
Right. Well, I mean, if, I, if I, I may say be so too, bold. if, you know, people say like, oh, it's just, do you just go crazy in the store? Do you just want to wear everything? And I'm like, no, I, I don't. If this were a store about me wanting to wear everything, it would be old Levi's cords and, you know, navy cashmere sweaters and, <laughs> and, and some tree torns and clogs, I guess. Maybe some Birkenstocks every once in a yeah. while. Yeah. Oh, 100% some Birkenstocks. So but, your mom's influence on you, would it be fair to say, was more in the process of becoming what you are now? Or was it her style that influenced you or combination? I think it was my mom's style. My mom, again, very, very beautiful and just so chic. And so I think that I grew up with this really ideal. I mean, my mother is beautiful. But she's not a flashy person. No. But in her day, and I think all of the photographs that were, were a part of my life, all the pictures of her childhood and her 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 young life. I've never seen, you know, I've never seen a more glamorous woman. And so I think that is really my ideal. I want people to be sophisticated and beautiful and the center of attention. (laughs) So that brings me to another topic. Um, (laughs) We're going to kind of go the antithesis of glamour. So you and I met at a little school in Massachusetts. It's kind of boring story, but, you know, we met in boarding school in boarding school. In the late 1980s. Uh-huh. And I told somebody recently, they're like, well, what was it like? And I said, I can't explain it. And they're like, well, I mean, what did people look like? I said, well, it was post-punk, post-preppy, pre-grunge. Right. You think that's a fair yeah, assessment? absolutely. So, I mean, we were a lot of, I mean, so you left Charlotte, you go to Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. How did your style change once you arrived? Or did it change? I still think Andover plays a huge influence on what I put on my back today. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, so growing up, too, my mother oddly she didn't I mean you you could you did I don't know two shopping trips a year or something like that at at South Park which is the mall here but outside of that she didn't give me I didn't have extra money and so I became a big junior league thrift shop shopper and so I always say that's where I learned everything that I know about clothes and about fine clothes because I really I mean you could buy Ferragamo's there. You bought Valentino cocktail dresses. It was really incredible. The other thing, too, is when I went to Andover, we looked at all sorts of boarding schools. And that was when I got there, I knew that's where I wanted to be because same. everybody was in Absolutely. shredded yeah, jeans and Grateful Dead tees and just looked just looked so cool. But it looked like themselves and like they weren't trying too hard. And Well, and then... What sealed it for me was uh, can't, Betsy, but I cannot remember Betsy's last name, was two years ahead of us. She was walking across campus. That's exactly what yeah. Wearing a cow creamer as a necklace. And I was like, <laughs> I, I want to come to school yeah. in this place with those types of people. Yeah. If people seemed really sure about who they were and like there was a definite style. But I, I'm really nostalgic about my whole childhood and my whole I, my whole life, really. And so I've brought bits of all the things I love every single day with what I wear, I think. So, Laura, you sell this little Italian brand called Gucci, but the first yeah. Gucci I remember you in was what we called Patagucci, which was the <laughs> portmanteau of Patagonia clothes and Gucci. I mean, yeah. we you wore a lot. There was a lot of Patagonia going on, was, yeah. was there not? I mean, yeah, like, I still have all of that. So the the I mean, gets hot out. I'm in lightweight stand up shorts all summer long. Oh, yeah, I mean, I still have mine too. Yeah, good, good. I good. cut you cut out the underwear in them, you know. No, those were those were not the stand up shorts. The oh, stand up shorts. Oh, I the love canvas. the stand up shorts. The canvas ones with yeah. the kind of curvy butt pocket. Yes. Oh, I love them. Yeah, and I still wear them, and they flare way out, and they're not. I mean, it's those the ops. are really really flattering shorts. Yeah, I think probably most of the things I love are reflections of those. Times. The baggies were the ones that were baggies made out of nylon that you, that you cut, cut the, underwear the underwear out of. The underwear 
room is so tight. It's, it's not it doesn't breathe very well if you're a guy. Not to be too personal, but I mean, you know, I mean, so you were those baggies though. They weren't for women. I mean, or for girls. So I know you, about boy. I was always. I told you. I, you've always had guy friends who were yeah. close friends still to this yes, day. I, and, I mean, always, in addition to your friends who are girls. No, they were always my best friends. The boys, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, and I mean, and I would always borrow their clothes. Can if if I say this, don't get mad. But you were a little boy crazy for a while. Boy crazy, like like there was always a boyfriend. Oh, around, really? And there was always a guy. Like there was, but I mean, not in a, there were a lot of guys hanging around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But not in a bad. I don't mean that in a bad way. Like you were some sort of you know, uh, no, no, Glenn Close boiling the rabbit or something. But I mean, there was a there was well, a. I don't think that they, I don't I don't know that I was crazy about them. Maybe they were crazy about me. <laughs> sure, sure. But I mean, there was the baby boy crazy isn't the right term, but there was. I you've always lot, been friends with guys. They were always my best buds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, boys are a lot easier to be friends with than than girls. There's less drama with us. <laughs> yeah, they don't get mad at you, or if they do, they tell you, and you get over it. And I, I do think I have actually always thought it was interesting that I chose a career that is just 100% immersed in women. I mean, it's not only my clients, but all the women I work with and all the vendors, and it's probably 99% female. How many men do you employ in the Capitol Pool well, Shop we have building? A, well, we have a men's store. And I'm we not have ta- I said the Capitol Pool Shop building. We have had... We've had a handful. A we handful. do not have any now. Yeah, but over the twenty years that the store, twenty-one plus years the store has been in, a handful. A, a handful. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're pretty female-based business, at least at Capital and Pool Shop. Yeah, and it's interesting because I never did super well with with women as a young person with girls. But you've I always, always did had... really well with women. Actually, I was always that was part of the thing is that how I got into this is I always helped my mom's friends. I always helped them kind of fix them and did their makeup and did their jewelry and made their hair current. And I always just, I don't know, they always, you know, my mom's friends would always say, come f- fix me, fix me, you know. I do think that's a lot of what we do here. And and also when I started, you know, I started this when I was 25 and my clients were not 25. You know, my clients were 45, 55. No, 65. I, I, I remember when you started, you, you left a voicemail on my rickety old answering machine. I was in law school, and it was one of those machines with the tape. Yeah. They would go, wah, 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 wah. My parents still have it. that, by the way. Stop. They do <laughs> yeah, not. they do. They do not. Yes. Well, I, we still have a landline, so I understand that. But, I mean, you left a message. You, you probably don't remember, but uh, you left a message, and you're like, hey, call me. <laughs> I got something to tell you, and I thought, oh, well, okay, this will be great. Was it you, the first was like, I eloped, and I'm opening a No, business. I knew you had eloped before because you – told me that but I mean you know oh, guess what I just got married oh really <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute but you called and you left a voicemail and, and, and you told me you were moving home which was right. kind of a shocker yeah because you and I both said when we were in high school I'm never living in the south again I'm right. never going home right it's ridiculous we hate that place <laughs> and I mean you know now we're both we're here uh, we've never leave we, I would never I mean feet first as, as they yeah. say but you called and you said I'm opening a store and I said, well, I'm sure your parents are going to be thrilled. And you're like, that's not it at all. <laughs> They're really not thrilled. <laughs> you're at like, that's not it at all. I'm like, okay, well, talk to you soon. Bye. Good luck. You know. So, and did you think that it would really last, or you think it? Did you think it was sort of a hobby and like a? I mean, what no, did, I had no, I had no clue. And then my then girlfriend and I, Mary Perrin, uh-huh. now wife, now wife of twenty, almost twenty years this June, but mm-hmm. we were in Charlotte for either a wedding or something. And we came by the original store at Phillips Place, and we walked in, and I introduced you to Mary Perrin, of course, but we walked in, walked around, I was like, oh, she knows what the hell she's doing. (laughs) 
you know, and then a year or so later, you dressed Mary Perrin for our <laughs> rehearsal party. Yeah. You did. Yeah. And uh, as we've said before, you threw in that tie that I still have. <laughs> Matching tie, yeah. I, Mary Perrin and I were dating, and this family from Charleston was here buying clothes or something, and Mary Perrin got a call from the mom. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know these people, but Mary Perrin got a call from the mom and said, there's this woman who owns a dress store in Charlotte who says she's coming to your wedding, whether she's invited or not. And uh, Mary Baron said, oh, is that Laura, Laura Van Root Poole? <laughs> that's one of my husband's good friends from high school and college. Uh-huh. Um, and so and so it, that, that's your compliment to me? Just wait. Just wait. <laughs> and the woman – stop, stop. The, I haven't gotten the compliment. And the woman said, it's the best store I've ever been in. Aw. Um, Back then it wasn't that great, but yeah. Well, she, but it I was mean, at the time, yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you the lady's name after we get off okay. the phone, so to speak, and you, you'll be like, oh, yeah, Aww. that makes sense. So, yeah, but you told that lady you're, you were coming to our wedding whether you were invited or not, and you were the only – high school, boarding school friend who was invited who actually showed up. Aww. So thanks for that well, 20 years later. It. I wouldn't miss it. Yeah. Well, As I said, yeah. invited or not. Invited or not, I'm coming. <laughs> well, and, and then you did dress Mary Perrin yeah. for the for the rehearsal party. Which I is, did. Yeah. So back to a little bit about um, some high school influences. So in addition to high school, we both went to a little school in Chapel Hill together. We went did to we college not? together, yeah. 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 And we had almost a weekly standing appointment for lunch at a drugstore <laughs> called Sutton's. Yeah. And we ate there literally, I swear it was there, almost every week. Right. And I, we had you, a charge account that we, went home. Yeah, yeah. Except for you, that. you did have a little bit of a timeout from Chapel Hill. I took, I had a timeout. I dropped out of school after my freshman year. I, yeah. I had a really hard time folding back into the people I'd grown up with because I wasn't it was clear that I wasn't who I was supposed to be. And know? it was it was hard for me. I mean, because yeah. we had changed. I mean, we were we were who we were, but it was we you had just influenced. we had just seen so much and done so much, and I think to fold back with your childhood friends and to realize how different you were now after experiencing so many things. It was hard. Really hard. Yeah, knowing, I mean, you and I, and I think that's another reason why we're friends yeah. on many levels because we had that in common as well. Yeah. So, so when, when you took your time out from Chapel Hill, where'd you go? What'd you do? <laughs> I did a Knowles semester, which is a national outdoor leadership school. And more, I, more Patagucci, I would Patagucci, imagine. Yeah, a lot of Patagucci. And I didn't. I showered three times in three months. I didn't shave. I mean, I was really way hippied out. And when I got home... So crunchy. So crunchy. When I got back, I, I slept on the floor because the bed was not comfortable because I'd been sleeping on the ground for three months. And um, it was... But it was incredible. And actually, I'd gone. I went... I made my debut. I had my debutante ball and left the day after that to go on this trip. <laughs> so I was like from the sublime to the ridiculous and then or and the ridiculous those, to the sublime, probably more. For the, I was about to <laughs> say just that thing. Let's reverse those words. Right. So for those people who don't know, the people in the South still make a debut. They're presented yeah. to polite young ladies are presented to polite society. Yes. You have a marshal or an escort. You who, make a – you do a – a bow or you what do you, you do? A, a, a curtsy. A full curtsy. A, yeah. a, the Texas dip, as it's jokingly referred right. to. And you do it before a group of assembled ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Parents have parties. Well, and, and, and in North Carolina, we do you do the Maypole. We do the Maypole. You mean literally like dancing literally around the Literally do a Maypole, hold onto a ribbon, walk in a circle around a Maypole. Yeah, that must, that seems unique to you know, <laughs> North the, old, Carolina. the old North State. <laughs> yeah. um, in South Carolina, we people yeah. don't, don't, don't walk around Maypoles. I was actually proud to do it. I mean, I'm proud to be from North Carolina. I'm proud to be, 
you know, my, my family's daughter. I don't know. There was something really special about it, really. Right. But then the next day, then the next day, Don full on Patagonia, <laughs> full on LL Bean. Yep. Here I here I come. To yep. the, and where was your Knowles course? Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, and Mexico. So we did all sorts of. It was camping and caving and uh, rock climbing, but we also uh, paddled down the Rio Grande and slept on either Mexico or Texas every other night. It was really amazing. And and then I went to an artist colony. Where was well, that? I, well, I taught art classes in Charlotte, and then and I went to an, what what designer smocks were you wearing <laughs> with, those, with those children? I was all super hippied out, and actually wearing a lot of the same dresses I wear now. These old, you know, from the seventies, those hippie, you know, printed hippie dresses. And then an artist colony called Penland in the mountains of North Carolina, and making pots out of clay. So what we what we what does one wear to when one throws a pot and it's called throwing pots. Yeah, throwing pots, it? yeah. Probably like shredded old Levi cords and Grateful Dead tees, probably and which, hippie which, out sweaters. Which you and I wore when we and threw stocks. Threw pots in high school. Yeah. Because the pottery class is Yeah. Uh, Audrey Bensley. Love Miss Bensley. Yeah. Throwing pots in that little building, I can't even remember what it's called, but love. right by the old gym. Yeah. Love, love that place. Yes. Yeah, so I'm still wearing all of that stuff. I'm still I mean, you may not wear them. For events or to work, but I wear them on my off hours. And I think people would be surprised to know that about you, that yeah. you are not, you know, <laughs> fully decked out in But I love Gucci. I, I love Valentino. Did. I mean, yeah. I love and appreciate beautiful clothes, but I also, I wear it all. Chapel Hill, you were still pretty much the same clothes. Hippied out? Well, <laughs> hippied out. But yeah, I mean, so I there, came back to school. You came back to school and there were lunches. And again. I was an art, I became an art major, dropped out of the sorority and was able to really figure out who I was and be able to admit who I was, I guess, more than anything, folded back into North Carolina and and tried to, and figured out where my place was from being from here and then going away and coming back and trying to really figure out how, you know, what that meant. So I will tell another story, anecdote. You and I were having, well, we, my favorite story about one of our lunches, we, we walked in and we sat at the same table Every almost time. all the time. Uh-huh. And we walked in, there were <laughs> two guys and two girls sitting at our table, and I cannot remember what the waitress's <laughs> name was. Um, but she she oh she went over the table and she goes, "Jesse, um, Jesse, yes, <laughs> Jesse." She was precious. Jesse went up and then she goes, "Y'all got to move." <laughs> and they looked at her like, "What are you talking?" She goes, oh, "This is Ham and Laura's table. Get get up." <laughs> And she made them. Do you remember that? She she made them. It. She made them move. No, I mean I remember Jesse chasing somebody with scissors. Scissors. She wanted to kill. Them. She I'm gonna kill you is what she said. Because I don't know whether they were trying to rob the place or what. But she said I'm gonna kill you. She loved your brother Rich as she well. She loved my brother. Yeah. So we benefited from Rich's. You know, we flowing in his wake at Sutton's drugstore. But I. But you know, my parents had gone there. My dad played basketball. Was a Moorhead scholar. My mom was a cheerleader. My brother was there. So I think there was all this history that you knew who you were sort of born to be or that everybody who you everybody expected you to be and all that you knew all the things that that in, entailed and, you know, who you dated, who you married, where you, know, you what, lived, where you lived, what kind of job you what had. You, you did in the summer. Yeah. And, um, expected. and I didn't feel those things, you know, like I felt really different. And I did. I do think taking the year off and. I made my dad furious, you know, to dropping out of school, but it I made me. I love your dad, but that's something I would never talk to him about. <laughs> but, well, and then I eloped. I mean, that made him even more furious. But uh, I think I've always 
definitely tested boundaries and uh, limits. And but I but I needed to I, I wanted to live here. And I think I really needed to find how I fit in and how I could be myself here and not be the things I was supposed to be, you know, just be who I really was. Sure. More essay quamvideri than yeah. anything else. And for those of you who don't know, that's the <laughs> North Carolina state motto that yeah. is to be rather than to seem is what that means. Yeah. And it's really important to me. I think about it all the time. You and I wrote a scathing <laughs> uh, rebuttal to someone that was going to be published in the Daily Tar Heel. Right. And it was this person who was attacking the South. And she was a columnist for the Daily Tar Heel, which is the University of North Carolina's daily paper. And right. UNC, I'm very proud of our alma mater. Mm. and But it's got a fabulous journalism school. It's yeah. known for its turning out great journalists. But this woman just went on this complete diatribe about how stupid we all uh-huh. were and how dumb and slow and backwards and made us all out to be hayseeds and uh, <laughs> marrying our first cousins and, you know, just idiots. So right. you and I sat at Sutton's and wrote a very long rebuttal. And let's be honest. I, I wrote I a very sat- long rebuttal and you, <laughs> you edited it. You, yeah, 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 I edited it and you, you signed my name. And at the end, you said, add the North Carolina state motto. I said, what is it? And you told me. And I said, well, I'm adding the South Carolina one, too, which is kind of like. What's South Carolina? Doom Spiro Sparrow. Yes. Which is while I breathe, I hope. Yeah, um, I love it. Yeah, I love it too. But we we didn't publish it. We refute. We didn't send it. In. We, we didn't. We ripped it up because really? we, we were like, yeah, I don't want my name in the paper. Because <laughs> you know, you're not supposed to have your name in the paper ever, <laughs> ever. It's bad. It's bad to have your name in the paper. So funny. Yeah, we, I don't know. Is that a southern thing or also a Swedish thing? You know, Swedes are very funny about boasting or like being out there, putting yourself out there. So they my maternal like my, my maternal grandmother would say, "You never want to be conspicuous, son." <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> don't be conspicuous. Yeah, I mean, seriously, <laughs> yeah. which which was another way of saying don't be common. Yes, know? exactly. Yeah. And God forbid you be common. You know. Lord no. So, Laura, you just mentioned a minute ago you eloped. When yeah. Did, when did you elope? When I was really young. <laughs> How old were you? Um, twenty four. Where'd you elope to? Uh, Charleston. I know. Where? Yeah. And uh, and um. But I'm it married. obviously worked because you and the other eloper are still happily married. <laughs> yeah, twenty one years. years. Twenty one yeah. years. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he's 11 years older than I was, and that was very controversial. And uh, my dad was running for governor, and that was very controversial. And, yeah, it was just sort of crazy, And but it was the best – it was really the best thing I've ever done. Did you wear a traditional wedding dress? Do you go by <laughs> – do you, you run by the, you know, jeans bridal and get you a wedding no, dress? No, I had – funny, I, I had had a dress that, that I bought at the San Francisco Symphony Thrift Shop. This gorgeous handmade Saks Fifth Avenue from the '60s, and you know Saks in the '60s, they they brought couture over from Paris and remade it, and they, that was sort of how you that was where the first beautiful clothes in the states came from, kind of. And it, it was this stunningly beautiful halter beaded with ivy embroidered all down the sides and i had it i'd gone to a grateful dead concert (laughs) in san francisco and bought it then and brought it home and you know my mother said what on earth are you going to do with that and i said i'm getting married in that (laughs) and she said over Over my my dead dead body body, and i was like watch me (laughs) and so it sat in my closet for years and years (laughs) and it was perfect so y'all eloped to Charleston. Yeah. Where, where was the ceremony? <laughs> you don't need to know. It was in Charleston. And we, I just, what I remember is we walked around. I walked in my gown barefoot all through the city, through the parks. And um, it was really special. And then, you know, came home and told my parents and made them 
surprised and upset. My mother thought I was pregnant, you know. <laughs> so every time she saw me for the next six months, you know, all she did was stare at my stomach. But I didn't have a baby. It took it was an eight year birth <laughs> or eight year pregnancy. It was really one of the wildest things I did and one of the best things I've ever done. Probably and, and obviously it's, you know. Born, it's working. Born pretty good fruit these years yes, later. Yes, I have know. a little a 14-year-old that is awesome and I'm crazy for. And yeah. Is and she... that's when my dad, when I had, I mean, he, he cried every time he saw me for a year after <laughs> after I eloped. But then when I had her, he I'm not really... mad. I'm just a little disappointed. I'm just yeah, a little hurt. Not even that. I don't even think he would say that. He just sort of like cried. But we did go to this one crazy <laughs> wedding, you know, that was a thousand people or something. And he said to me, you did the right thing. He said, this is ridiculous. I know that what you did was, you know, his person, it was just between us. I, I, I will never regret it because it was so honest and true. And it was just, it was a promise to God between us. I mean, it was like really probably the way it should be. I don't know. It's funny you say, so at our wedding, which you attended. Yes. Before you. Whether I were invited or not. Well, you were invited. Once you and Perry found the right church, interestingly, you did go to the wrong church first. <laughs> but at our wedding, I remember at that moment when when you're giving your vows, yeah. and it was Mary Perry and me and Dr. Massey yeah. and God, and that right. was it, and everybody else fell away. Right. So you're exa- I, I would tend to agree with you that having a thousand people there and and you I know, think the and, Mormon Tabernacle Choir is exactly. it's, a, it's a bit much. Well, and I think, and I had grown up in a family where I probably would have had eight hundred people. And my dad was in the middle of running for governor, and probably would have made it even nine hundred people or a thousand. Right. You know, and it just wasn't what I wanted. Of course, we to need do. to invite the entire General Assembly. Right. You know, exactly. Like, exactly. And the General Assembly being the North Carolina <laughs> State Legislature, but I mean, you know, yeah, I get. Yeah, I get it's it. just not what I wanted, and um, it has served us well. Right. <laughs> right. I, th- I think so. So, Laura, I have a f- few more questions for you. You moved into the current space you're in in 2009, right? Or 10. When was it? Uh, eight. Eight. Whoops. Right in um, the middle of the recession. Right in the middle of the recession. <laughs> we well, that was a million my dollar store yep. right in the middle of the recession. Right. Yes. And you, that was genius. That was brilliant. <laughs> Good planning. Good planning. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks a lot, housing market. So you've been here for 10 years. Yeah, and, and 10 years in the place before. 10 years in the place before that. How's the South influence your decision-making process? Because the re- let me tell you why I'm asking yeah. this. So you, several years ago, this little newspaper called the New York Times uh. did this little article about you, uh-huh. about in, when you were picking out things in Europe. Right. And you said, no one in Charlotte would ever wear that. I've never forgotten that. So they <laughs> presented something to you, and you said, right. no one in Charlotte would ever wear that. How do you think being here and some of your customer base being here. Your customer base is all over the world, frankly. Right. But, I mean, how do you think it affects you and the choices you make? Again, it's not about me. I mean, it's always been about the client. And so, and this is really, it's not really about fashion. You know, it's about respecting my clients and their lives and finding things to make their lives better. But you have clients in Los Angeles. Do you pick yeah. out things differently for them than you pick I out do. for the lady who lives five blocks away? I do. I mean, I do and I don't. You know, I, I think about them both at the same time and think, you know, the lady in Los Angeles is wearing this with this and the person in Charlotte's wearing it with this. At the, you know, she's wearing it to Bible study <laughs> with with heels and a in a blazer and the girl in LA is wearing it with Birkenstocks and a long, you know, fuzzy sweater because the climate at that time is this. And here we're wearing that because it's freezing inside air conditioning, but, you know, humid, 90% humidity at the same time. I mean, it's all, you know, I think that that that's really fun to do. And that's, that's a joy to do. 
to, to think of other people and to help them to live their lives better. If this were about fashion and me saying, you know, pink is all the rage. It's, you know, it's all about mini skirts or all, something like that. This would be a nightmare and I would be bad at it. Wouldn't it be exhausting because you'd have to change yeah. every <laughs> yeah. few weeks? Yeah, you had to, yeah, exactly. And I'm, you'd have to definitely, you'd be really wishy-washy and have to change your, yeah. I, I, that's not at all what I do. What I do is think about people and try to help them look better, feel better, feel more confident. As my mother would always say, hold your shoulders back, stand up straight. It's not at all about trends because they come and go yeah and I just don't and it's so funny because my mother every year or not every year every every time I travel for work and come back from market and she says well tell me all about it you know what is it what are the what are the trends and I'm like oh my god I have no idea (laughs) you know I just don't I don't and I don't and you almost get amnesia like I don't even remember what what I saw but in the moment I know my clients I know what their lives are like I know what events they have coming up I know their challenges. I know, you know, that's what I'm thinking about the whole time and, and how how can I help them? Who's been your biggest influencer as to your personal style? It really is like this kind Besides of... Besides your mama and your grandmother. Yeah, yeah. it is. It was yeah. absolutely, it's my mother and those photos of my mom and those gorgeous, and actually, no, even memories of my mother and this ivory linen full suit that looked like Bianca Jagger but my mother's blonde and like just so chic or one shouldered she had this gorgeous one shouldered red Halston gown and yeah so it's that mixed with Stevie Nicks mixed with my babysitters mixed with Jerry Hall and Blondie and I think for me it is that it's never one person and it's sort of just this mixture of them all and maybe a group and of with, senior girls at phillips academy for sure 87 88 absolutely circa. Yeah, yeah yeah absolutely yeah just it, guessing just guess well i i love beautiful things i love and and i'm, I'm influenced by beautiful things everywhere always <laughs> To the ultimate question. Yeah. Hey, Laura, what'd you wear to prom? <laughs> um, which 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 time? <laughs> so our prom, uh, yeah, I know. Our, our prom was held in the uh, delightful Commons dining hall. Right. We had. It was not exactly like you know. It was it was it was kind of a big deal, but it wasn't like a big deal. I think it's become a much bigger deal since we were there. Yeah. It was funny because when I look at it, you know, men wore tuxedos, but women did not wear dresses that went with the tuxedos. You were much more casual than the men. But I did dress my first one I wore (laughs) my family had gone to London for the summer and there's a big sale at Laura Ashley (laughs) in August which is like the biggest deal in the world in the 80s you know everybody wanted to go to London in August to to hit the sale at Laura Ashley (laughs) and I had bought this gorgeous polished cotton Carolina blue French blue really puff sleeve sweetheart bodice full skirt with a big bow in the back and it was so pretty that was your yeah that was your one <laughs> that was my princess diana you know like I, it was so 80s and um poofy yeah. a lot yeah, of poofiness so pretty i'm not humiliated by it i, I really love it and then but the one of the next year i wore it was so boring it was a black sleeveless deep v short not short but to the knee cocktail dress uh, i, I but... was at that prom i was invited <laughs> that year um because it was 
the rule was only seniors could go. Right. Unless you were invited by a senior. Right. I had saved up since I was really actually like a little girl, probably since I was 10. There were these Joan and David black potassois shoes with a big bow across the toe. And I saved up for, I don't know, a year or two for them. And they held them for me at the store up the street from my house and finally paid for them, you know, saved enough to pay for them. They were probably $75. Maybe they were 175 but It might have been about $175 million at that, Yeah, exactly. At that like- but Joan and David was everything. I mean, Joan and David in the 80s were so, so amazing. And luckily, my feet were always a six and a half, I guess. <laughs> and so they still fit me in what, by the time I was a senior in high school. And I wore those, and they're really pretty. So, yeah, that was the best part of my outfit. Was that it? You only went to – I thought you went – I think I – I can't remember. Uh-huh. I, I, rem, I don't know if I – I don't know. Actually, I probably didn't go my junior year because my boyfriend was my age. That makes sense. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that makes sense since we weren't, you know, right. 11th grade. Yeah. Right. But I did go to – I can't, went to a prom in Charlotte, too. Came home and went with a friend here. During spring break or something like yeah, that? Yeah, probably. <laughs> or did you, did you come home just for the, just for the prom? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, it was, and I I wore a pretty one for that too. But anyway, what'd you wear to that prom? It was like pale pink. I think it was pale pink and black cocktail dress. Those were the days of the beginning of Ann Taylor, and she had really chic cocktail dresses in the eighties, mid eighties. I remember there were a lot of girls in Andover in black dresses with pearls. Yeah, a lot, a lot of that. I think I wore pearls. A lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, look at you. You've said it all. You've said it all. you said it all. You've told us everything. Uh, we're, we're quoting our secret, uh, you know. We both are obsessed, really devoted to Howard obsessed Stern. Obsessed with Mr. Stern. Yeah. If only he were listening. Oh. Thanks, My Laura. dream. Thanks. Th- thank you, Hamlin. What We Wore is produced by Capital and Balto Creative Media. The original song, Someone So Enchanting, was composed and performed by Britt Drazda. What We Wore is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com.